Now, our message tonight for you who are adults or grown-up kids is not about the shepherds, but interestingly, shepherds were were a crazy choice because they were looked down on in their society, in their culture. These were the lowest of the low, the people that you would not choose. And it's interesting that, that God chose those people to be the first ones to come to see the, the child Jesus. And it's, it's a symbol to each of us that God does not play favorites. He looks at, he looks at us with, with eyes of love no matter what our status is, no matter, no matter what our education is, no matter what our upbringing is, no matter how religious or not religious we are. The shepherds got the first dibs. Now there's somebody else who's also in the Christmas story that we know of, that was not like the shepherds, right? Who came a little bit later? Who knows? The wise men came later. Now, these guys were not Jewish. They were not local. They came from far away. In fact, they were part of another religious group. And then they show up to worship the king. So right away, right out of the gate, in the Christmas story, we have this picture of a God who welcomes all kinds of people. Rich, poor, skinny, chubby, from every, from every race all over the, the planet, he welcomes them. And so tonight we're going to talk about my favorite people in the Christmas story, which are the wise men. How many of you, you love these, the wise men story? I think the wise men are just cool because there's so much mystery about them. We don't know exactly where they came from. We don't know how long it took them to get there. We don't know what the star looked like. We don't know what happened to them after they saw Jesus. We don't even know how many there were. In fact, I was, I was Googling how many uh, wise men were there in case there were some clues, and I, I found a cartoon that some of you ladies might appreciate. I've, I have a hard time believing the story of the three wise men. One, maybe, but three? No amens to that one? But it's interesting, the wise men were not there when Jesus was born. So we know from a couple clues in the scriptures that it says that they visited the house where he lived and that he was a child at that time and not a baby. We know that Herod, when he was trying to kill the, the, the children in that, in that area, went up to age two. So if you have a nativity set at home, I know most of you do, if you want to be biblically accurate, mess with your family and put the wise men in the other room. Because they should not be in that little crash. They are still on the way when Mary and Joseph are in there and Jesus is in the manger. And so these guys traveled from quite a ways away. Most scholars believe they were either Zoroastrians from Persia or from Mede, uh, Media. And these guys were uh, monotheistic. They were astrologers who watched the stars. And, and they actually had a tradition that there would be a king coming that would be marked with a star. Now, the other possibility is that they were, they were Persian uh, royal court uh, advisors, and they would also be magi, which means magician. It's where we get that word from. They would also be people that were, you know, kind of new agey, if we were to say it now, right? And they were guys that watched the stars. Now, Daniel, and remember Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, remember all these guys? They were in Persia, right? They, I mean, they were, they were in Babylon in captivity, and so... And, and Daniel was, for a while, in charge of what would have been the Magi at that period. So he was the favored one, and he would have been telling them about these prophecies. He would have been teaching them some Old Testament. 
And now, 700 years later, these guys evidently had paid attention. And they noticed that the Messiah was coming. Now, they may have been thinking of this passage from Numbers 24. It says this, A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Now, Matthew 2 says they followed that star hundreds of miles all the way to Jerusalem. In fact, many of these astrologers in that, in that time, in that time period, they believed that whenever God did something significant, there would be, it would be reflected in the heavens. So if they saw a comet, if they saw a new star, if they saw something happening, they would say, oh, God's up to something. And so they were watching the sky for what would happen, and then they noticed the star. And then it says, once they arrived in Jerusalem, it says, they asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now, worship, this word does not just mean we're going to sing songs. This means literally to lay down on your face in front of a king. That's what that word means. When King Herod heard this, that he was king in Jerusalem, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was a bad guy. Herod killed off three of his own sons and one wife because they were, they were a threat to his throne, he thought. In fact, one of, the, one of the Caesars said, it's much safer to be Herod's pig than to be his family member. This guy was bad news. Verse 4, Herod assembled all the chief priests and scribes. He said, where's the Messiah going to be born? And they say, Bethlehem, of course. And they look back 700 years to a prophecy by the prophet Micah. And Micah said this, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. Because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd, there's that shepherd word, my people Israel. And there were lots of other prophecies as well about the Messiah coming that these wise men knew about and the Holy Spirit had illuminated to them and they were following. There's another one in Isaiah that says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Look at this. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba will come, and they'll bring gold and frankincense. Have you ever seen this? Now, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, pastor's kid, you know, went through all the stuff, but I grew up kind of skeptical about, you know, is the Christmas story really all, all it's cracked up to be? Is this real? And I see some of these prophecies, how specific they are, and I it's humbling to say, wow, the Lord has a beautiful and incredible plan. Look at this. They bore gold and incense, and they proclaimed the praise of the Lord. I wonder if the, if the wise men on the road looked at each other and said, I wonder if this is about us. I wonder if we're actually living this out right now in real time. Isn't that wild? Verse 9, the wise men left Jerusalem. They followed the star to Bethlehem. And this is interesting. It says that they had joyful joy that was mega super. Do you get the idea? They were stoked to see Jesus. They, they were not tired from their trip and like, oh, we're finally there. Oh, well, they had so much joy. I want that. I want joy, joy, super mega tonight for Christmas Eve and tomorrow for Christmas Day. I want to have that kind of, I want the Lord to give me that kind of joy. How about you? How cool would that be to just have that unleashed in our lives? And we, we can't believe how exciting it is 
to see Jesus. But I want you to notice this. They went down to Bethlehem to see Jesus. Herod did not go. The king who gave them the information did not go. Do you know how far Bethlehem was? Six miles. Okay? It was like walking to T.O. He's like, nah, I don't feel like I'm not going to walk to the Oaks Mall. I'm going to stay here. You know who else didn't go? All the religious leaders who he asked, hey, where's the Messiah going to be? Or Bethlehem. For sure he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Clearly, they didn't go. They stayed put. The wise men from a thousand miles away did the final six miles alone with no escort from the Jewish people to check out what God had done. And verse 11, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and falling to their knees, they worshiped him. Now that's really the point of Christmas. It's not about lights. It's not about all the gifts. It's not about all the stuff. Worshiping the king is what Christmas is all about, and they got it. And God brought these men a thousand miles to do just that, to worship him. And he can bring you from as far away as you feel like you are. I promise you that you are not as far away from Jesus as a new age astrologer from Babylon was. Wow. And then it says, they opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now let's talk for just a minute about their gifts. I would like to have three kids to help me out. So I need three wise men. Um, I think I should go for guys. Do we have a a young man over here that can help me out? Okay, come on up, sir. You can be our our gold man. I need need a frankincense person. Um, Yeah, come on over here. And one more right there, the blue shirt. Here you go. You're our gold man. You got it. You can open that up and take a look and see what happens. Okay, here's frankincense. You can take a smell and see what you think. And myrrh. Now, these are actually gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gentlemen. So be careful with them. You can take a, take a whiff and see what you think. Now, gold, there, there's great significance to each of these gifts. Gold was called the only metal. Here, stand in line so they can see you. Right on. Gold was called the only metal fit for a king. And interestingly, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of King David. And all the prophecies said that he would have a kingdom greater than his ancestor, David, that he would come to shepherd and to be a king. Frankincense literally means pure incense. It's all over the Old Testament for temple worship. Whenever sacrifices happened, the frankincense was there. And frankincense was a symbol when it was burned of our prayers going up to heaven, that this this fragrant smoke was like our prayers ascending to the holy. And then myrrh, take a look at that. Take a smell. What do you think? Pretty powerful, right? (laughs) And so myrrh was literally perfume. Some of you smelled it when you came in. I literally got some on my hands. I can't get away from this. I mean, it's powerful stuff. I never knew this, but myrrh is all over the book of the Song of Solomon. And and it's it's used as a perfume to, to make humans smell better. It's also offered to Jesus when he's on the cross. And so it's a, it's a painkiller. And then lastly, we know that they brought myrrh and spices to embalm his body for burial. Wow. And so I, I, uh, I found a really fascinating quote about myrrh. 
Someone once said, for mortal man, it makes his life more pleasant. It makes his pain more bearable. And it makes his burial less repulsive. And so literally, the myrrh was given to Jesus to cover up the stench of his humanity. Is that wild? And so we have a gift for a king, we have a gift for a priest, and we have a gift for someone who's destined to die, who's mortal. Thank you, gentlemen. You can put those gifts right over here. Would you thank our wise men? So basically, the Lord is telling us about who he is through those three gifts, that he came to be your king. You can't be your own king. And he came to be your priest. You cannot climb to heaven. You need him. And he came to be your savior. You cannot take care of your own sin problem. He came to take care of those three things for us. The wise men came to worship him for those three reasons. It was very clear. So what about you? Did you come tonight to worship the complete Christ? All three aspects of who he is? Are they in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit as you think about who he is this Christmas? And here's the really big question for each of us that's here tonight. Who are you in the story that we just read of the wise men? First, some of us in here might be like Herod. You know everything there is to know about the Messiah. That's fine. Cool. I, I, got, I got the story. I, I grew up in America. I know, I know the Christmas story, right? But because of sin, because of pride, you're not willing to go see him. You're not willing to bow before him because it will cost you too much. I think it's really, really sad that Herod died a horrible, nasty person, hated by his country, hated by his own family, hated by everyone. And he had this opportunity to put Jesus first, but he could not overcome his sin, and he could not overcome his pride. Some of you in this place, God's talking to you. Pay attention to that. Don't die alone and miserable. Put Jesus first while he's calling you, while you have a chance to go that short distance to who he is to bow down. Now, here's the next one. The religious leaders, they knew much more than the wise man about the Messiah. They knew all the prophecies. They could quote them, you know, verbatim. They had it all memorized from the time they were teenagers. But it didn't make a change in them. They had grown apathetic and comfortable in their religion. This hits home for some of us in this room right now. Maybe you have a religion that is lacking power. Maybe you have a religion that's lacking life. Maybe you are a Christian, but man, Jesus is not really close. He is far, he's a distant thought. And you may know the scriptures, but man, if your heart is messed up, no amount of scripture knowledge, no amount of going to church, no amount of religion, no amount of singing is going to help you. If your heart is far from him, these guys didn't even bother to go see if it was true what they said their life was all about. So what, what is Jesus inviting you into this Christmas? He's inviting you into him, into himself. Does that freak you out? Does that scare you? That's okay. Overcome that and overcome that apathy and that, that doubt and say, Lord, I want more of you and bow your knee to him this Christmas. Now let's talk about the wise men. 
So these wealthy guys, these royal guys from the court, they did not even think twice about bowing their knee, about getting off their high horse or their high camel, right? To bow before Jesus. They just went right down on their face, prostrate, right, right before him, right? Prostrate, right before him. It's a guy thing. And they worshiped the young king. Now they set off on that amazing journey. Think about that. A thousand miles, 2,000 years ago was not, they didn't even know if they would be successful or return home alive. They went on this amazing journey to find Jesus and they found him and they were full of so much joy to find him. And if the wise men in their such limited knowledge of who Jesus is could worship like that, I I say shame on me. I know so much more than they do about who he is and what he can do and how life can be. I should be worshiping 10 times as much as the wise men did. I should be just caught up in this super mega joy of Christmas and say, Jesus, you are everything. I'm sorry, Lord, I've been running around at the mall getting gifts and all this, but you're the focus. He is the focus of everything. He is the focus of Christmas, especially how could we fall short in our honor and worship? Uh, Even as Christians, even as believers, sometimes we, we miss it. And we're like those religious guys and not like the wise men who are willing to do whatever it takes and give gifts to the Lord because he's worth it. So here's the question. Will you refuse him like Herod? Will you ignore him like those religious leaders? Ignore who he wants to be in your life? Or will you be like the wise men and bow your knee tonight and receive him and worship him and offer him the gift of yourself in response? That's the question. How about if we pray and then we'll sing some more? Right on. So join me as I pray, and I want to pray three prayers. One is for those of you in this room that feel a little like Herod, and you've got this pride issue that's just nagging you. And another, que- another prayer is for you who are pretty religious and apathetic, that you would break out of that, that God would release you from that this Christmas. And the last one is this, that some of you needed to bow your knee like the wise men before the Lord. Maybe for the first time in your life, you need to get things right with Jesus and just say, yes. I'm journeying, I'm going, I'm bowing down, I'm worshiping you. So let's pray. Lord, I ask for those in this room who are like Herod, that they would break out of their pride, that they would break out of their sin, this stuff that keeps them in a prison. And Lord, that you would snap off those chains of bondage that maybe have taken years to build. The addiction and the depression, and the junk that they carry, the anchors that they drag around. And in Jesus' name, may those be broken tonight. And if that's you, just ask Jesus to become your king and say, Lord, I've been the king. I've been a little teeny God in charge of my life, but I need you instead. Jesus, be my king. I give you my life. And maybe you've been like those religious leaders just running after religion and apathetic about this whole thing with Jesus and you want to be alive again. Maybe your heart has grown cold. And just say, Jesus, would you warm up this spirit in me? Would you bring my heart for you back alive tonight? I want to experience you this Christmas like never before. I want to see your face. 
I want to I celebrate your birth. I want to have that super mega joy that just takes over. Jesus, take my heart. And maybe some of you, like those wise men, have been on a journey, and maybe that journey brought you here tonight. And you're confronted with who Jesus is, and you see him. And he sees you, and you see his love. And you say, just tell him tonight, I, I believe in you. I believe you're the point of Christmas. I believe you're the hope. You are my king. You are my priest. And you're my savior. I can't, I can't save myself. I need you. And just confess your sin before him and say, I've been living for myself. I've been living for my desires. I want your desires, God. And just ask him, invite him to take over your life, and he will. It says in the scripture that the wise men went home by another route. And another way to read that phrase is they went home changed. Ask the Lord to send you out of here tonight changed that you would go home by a different road spiritually, that you would be different forever.